Welcome to the Hump Podcast. It has, man, it's been a long time, but I'm glad to be back on the podcast. For me, it's been a month, and in fact, I don't think we've been back in three weeks, but we're here with Micah and Garrett via Zoom today, and we are on episode number 65. So the big 65 today, we're continuing our series in Genesis and we are looking now, uh, today we're going to look at two chapters, actually. We're going to look in Genesis chapter 9 and chapter 10. If you remember chapter 8, uh, we had just uh, pretty much almost finished the story of Noah. And now we're going to continue uh, in the end of that part of the story of Noah in chapters 9 and chapter 10. So, man, it's good to be back. Micah Garrett, man, what have you guys been up to? Dude. I was going to say, if you hear the tiredness in Christian's voice, it's because he doesn't get as much sleep anymore. Exactly. It's been a long few weeks. About that dad life now. Um, <laughs> so that was kind of the first thing I wanted to ask was, uh, Garrett, what's it like to be the odd one out? Well, I get more sleep than you guys, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, bro. For now. I, don't know. I sleep pretty good. Um, I mean, kind of. <laughs> Just enough to survive. Um yeah, that's uh, yeah. It's been a while since we've been together. Last week I was out. Week before that, I think a couple of us were out. So, <clears throat> um, there's some questions we have to ask and deal with before we get to Noah. Um, first of all, when when do we start decorating and listening to Christmas music? According to Isabella, as soon as it turns November. Okay. Have you already decorated yet? <clears throat> no, she wants to. I forbade it. Garrett, don't don't lie to all of the listeners. You are wearing a Santa hat right now. With, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, imagine just the visual. Made is a strong word too. She said she wanted to start decorating, and I said, uh, "You can go get the decorations because I'm not pulling them out." Well, hey, let's be. I've already started. I've been listening to Christmas music. Uh, I'm trying oh to. Oh my together, gosh! I'm trying to put together the ultimate Christmas because I hate listening to Christmas albums that don't have all the good songs on <clears> Apple Music. Yeah. So I'm trying to put together a Christmas album with all my favorite songs. What are your favorites? Just list them. Man, I just, I, to be honest, I just like, like, I like the any classics. Um, yeah. But the first, I the like first Noel. First Noel. Okay. I, I like Rocking you know, Around the Christmas Tree. Santa Claus. Rocking Around the Christmas Tree is all right. I like Jingle Bell Rock. Uh, Blue Christmas, White Christmas. Ooh. Uh, the Christmas song. Go you know, I like Blue Christmas. You know, I like Frank Sinatra, Bing Crosby. Elvis, I like those guys, but I also like listening to like guys like Michael Michael Bublé and uh, Michael Bubble. Guys. Have you seen his Michael new Bubble. commercials of the bubbly or whatever it's called? Oh yeah, those are cool. Those yeah, are good. seems but, so seems odd, but we're actually decorating Saturday night. Jeez, which is if you're listening you get, to this, we're at tomorrow. Yeah, you're gonna get all worked up before you got to go to bed to preach the next morning. Yeah, I'm gonna be. Hey. I'm gonna be on a. I'm going to be pumped up Sunday morning. That fits Christian style, though, for being honest. I mean, yeah, Saturday he night. Probably, like, he probably doesn't sleep Saturday night before Sunday right? morning. Uh, probably just <laughs> wired. Jams, right. uh, jams to gospel music. Does like a mosh pit by himself in the living room. He, um, he, walks, he walks up on stage and smashes together a couple Red Bulls. And <laughs> well, sometimes I listen to Kanye West before I preach. You could have went, instead of Red Bull, you could have went with, uh, well, yeah. I was gonna say you could have gone with with communion cups, but I don't know. Maybe we should stick with Red Bull. <laughs> the other day I drank some pre workout and then forgot I drank pre workout and went to the coffee shop oh. and got a latte. And dude, I was jacked up that day. 
I hate that feeling of being like jittery. I hate that. I, I was like halfway through my latte and I said, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. Micah, you're you, like, you remember when I drank pre-workout for the oh first yeah. time? Oh yeah. There's a video. Maybe we'll put it on Instagram. I've got the video. So he put a hole in the wall. So he tried to do like run up the wall and do a backflip and he just put his foot to the wall. So, um, Good yeah, time. Garrett and caffeine don't mix, um, like that, like that pre-workout kind of caffeine. Uh, another another quick question um, about uh, Christmas, uh, cl- like white lights or colored lights. Man, I love colored lights. Okay, because man, they're just so. It's like old school. I like the old school vibe <laughs> they give. But honestly, I would, I always do white lights outside or on the tree. Are you gonna decorate uh, your house, Christian? Yes. We have we put lights around the columns. I need to get more stuff outside. We just do lights around the columns, some little candy canes. Uh, I don't do blow ups. Yeah, I won't. I won't do blow ups. I'll never do a blow up. Uh, You want to come do uh, do my house? You want to come decorate mine? Hey, I will. All right. Blow ups are just make some hot chocolate. I got you. When it when it when it's daytime and the blow ups are deflated, it just looks so depressing. Oh, it does. Well, to that, it's funny. Yesterday. We saw a blow up deflated and it was the Grinch and he was, it, it like folded perfectly over somebody's deck and it looks like the Grinch was throwing up everywhere. <laughs> he was just leaned over the edge. But yeah, I do yeah. like Mike. I, I do have mad respect for people that, uh, whose wives let them have colored lights because I enjoy them. A lot. Yeah. So you, you would be color lights like on a tree, but white lights outside. No, I like colored lights everywhere. Oh, Okay. Yeah, I, my wife just won't let me put up colored lights. Okay, I missed that part. Okay, so I got you. So you'd be colored lights, but you do white because you don't have a choice because yeah. you uh, are not allowed to make decisions for yourself. I understand. Exactly. Um, but mad, hey, mad respect for the men that can put up colored lights. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not like – there are – I know like a family here in town that does like – like gets a forklift and like decorates, and I like seeing it, but I don't really feel like doing that. Yeah. You know, I just like, man, that's – a lot of effort because what i also think about is like oh man i get to put it all up but then you get to take it all down that's the worst part that's the most depressing part too yeah and i don't want to i don't want to do that you know uh i talked to a couple guys today one is a traditionalist after thanksgiving that is his when you can listen to christmas music and decorate the other one said january 1st through december 31st christmas music is allowed so <laughs> you know, one guy was like traditional, the other guy's like at all times and any day at all times. Um, uh, I do think I actually this year have adjusted. I think it might be daylight savings ending. Wow. I think it might like when it starts getting dark and you're like, oh, oh, Christmas, it's I here. People start putting their lights up when it gets dark. Yeah. I think to me, I think I might be somewhere in the middle. Like November one feels a little early, but. After yeah, Thanksgiving, yeah. it's like, man, that's so far away, and you only get a month of it. So, you know, four weeks or so. But anyway, that's not why we're here. So we are, as Christian was saying, continuing uh, in the book of Genesis. We have walked through the flood narrative of Noah, um, and we are now kind of on the back end of that. Um, and today on in chapter 9, we're looking at God's uh, this covenant with Noah, and uh, we see this covenant with Noah very often, or the sign of the covenant, uh, even today. Uh, we get to to see these uh, throughout um, the days of the week uh, when it rains and when scientific things happen that make it appear. Uh, I don't know what those are, but 
we get to kind of see the sign of this covenant with Noah. Um, and so uh, as we kind of jump in, uh, looking forward to this conversation, I think the, the uh, fault account of Noah uh, is, is so fascinating. It's, it's so crazy to try to like wrap your head around what it would have been like to be on that ark with all those animals. Uh, and then for that amount of time, and then that literally there's no land, it's just all water. Uh, so it's pretty cool to, to walk through this account and then get to see the results of the, uh, of this, uh, event in history and just to see how it changes, uh, you know, kind of hits the reset button on humanity, uh, starting back again with Noah. So, uh, looking forward to jump in. Sweet. So, I mean, here's one of the most, probably one of the well-known parts of the story of Noah is the covenant. Now, now in general, we don't, we don't think about the covenant a whole lot, uh, except of course, when it rains, of course, people, what, what do we see in verse 13 of chapter nine? that God says, look, I'm going to establish my covenant. Uh, and, but first he says this, he says, my covenant with you that never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of the flood and never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. And then God said, this is the sign of the covenant that I make between me and you and every living creature. And then he says this in verse 13, I have set a bow in the cloud and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. So, so, so God, he uh, he gives a promise. That's what a covenant is it a promise and it is an agreement between God uh, and Noah and his family at this time. And, and, and he says this, he says, look, man, I'm going to put this, and it turns out to be one of the most beautiful things we see. He puts a rainbow in the sky and he says, Noah, when it rains and you see this, let it be a reminder that I will never destroy the entire earth again with a flood and, and showing just the love and promise from God. And a lot of us, man, we love when it rains and that little moment of sunshine after a storm when we get to see those rainbows. In fact, Micah, somebody just posted one from y'all's church. Yeah. Huge rainbow over JCC. Yeah. That yeah. Was just... You should have seen the pot of gold at the office. I mean, I, I heard you had the pot of gold. <laughs> yeah. They, they, I mean, I didn't know we were going to get raises, but my goodness, you know, <laughs> that's all that offering you give every single yeah. day. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but what we see coming now, now something important to, to notice about covenants. This is actually one of um, kind of the initial beginning of what we see in covenants throughout scripture, uh, especially one that is actually named. Uh, and that's in Genesis chapter nine, what we see. Uh, and this kind of leads us um, into kind of some of the promises that are going to come throughout the rest of Genesis and uh, including, and I'm sure we'll talk about this in a little bit, uh, in chapter 11, when we get into the Tower of Babel, uh, but also uh, when we get into the story of Abraham and the covenant that God made um, with Abraham. Yeah. Yeah. There's another uh, really, before even getting to the rainbow, something I think we often um, leave out of this is, is, is there's that kind of this first requirement of covering. Um, when Adam and Eve sinned, if you remember god gave them clothing he gave them coverings from animal hides so essentially he slaughtered an animal and covered their nakedness with the hide of that animal and you you know some theologians will, will call that the first uh animal sacrifice the first atonement but now we have another mention here in in um verses four and, uh, or ver verses four through six he's talking about how He's basically recapping the dominion of humanity. Uh, Noah and their family are have dominion over humanity 
Um, every creature, and he says in verse three, that lives and moves on will be food for you. As I gave you all the green plants, I've given you everything. So this is kind of like actually the first command of humanity being allowed to eat meat. So anyone that isn't a vegetarian, this is all for you. Um, but then following that, he says, however, you must not eat meat with its lifeblood in it. And I will require a penalty for your lifeblood. I will require it from any animal, from any human. If someone murders a fellow human, Hold on, is that I will count require as steak? that person's life. I don't know. Is that, count as what? Is that medium, medium rare steak? steak? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, that's an interesting question. There probably are some hardcore uh, conservatives that will eat rare steak because of that. But uh, I, I think that's missing the purpose of the text. But I think it's, it's safe. It's, I think it's safe to say, Garrett, your wife doesn't have to worry about that when it comes to red meat. Yeah. So. Golly, Isabella likes it charred. That's crazy. <laughs> Oh, that's but the, the text goes on and in and, and verse six you have this um it, it's almost like rhythmic and how it's presented whoever sheds human blood by human blood or by humans his blood will be shed for god made humans in his image and so you're now kind of having almost this first um if then law it's called causistic cause yeah causistic law where you do something you have a consequence and it, this is kind of the first spoken commandment of law where if someone kills someone, there is consequence for that killing. Um, and it's interesting that in this first, this first mention of uh, a, a penalty here, there's the mention of blood as well, which is atoning in, in the law of Moses. We have to have the blood of an animal to cover our consequences. So that's a really important passage too, that because we, we put a lot of emphasis on the rainbow, because we still see the rainbow day and it's just, you know, this really artistic thing. Yeah. Um, we, we miss out a lot on, on, this is really a big staple too. This is a, a pivotal moment in, in um, <clears throat> man's relationship with God. Yeah. And I think another big piece here that you uh, conveniently skipped over uh, is verse seven that you're struggling, that you're behind, man, like be fruitful and increase in number, multiply on the earth and increase upon it. So, uh, no, I'm just mainly teasing, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you well, we see, got one, we got a bun in the oven. So, I mean, that's, hey. Oh, there's the announcement. There it is. I've been uh, teasing it. I mean, I hadn't meant not to announce it. We uh, opened it. Yeah, no, that was, you hadn't done it. <laughs> I didn't realize before. we hadn't said anything on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. I just kind of, honestly, we kept just kind of like, trying to get you uh, to say it so. <laughs> i always thought that you were like i had said it no i guess that's I, why i kept I like I'd hinting that like garrett being like oh yeah you know like you're the only one wait, 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 wait. i was wondering why you're like <laughs> kept saying that I was like you know we have one on the way <laughs> oh that's funny uh but yeah i mean you do see the the the, the change the immediate like after the flood you see this this change but as we see and 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 I, christian did you have something before i kind of Okay, I thought you were. I, I, may, I thought I may have cut you off. This is the problem with Zoom: is it's hard to like. There's a delay, and but anyway, so it's it's a blessing we get to use it because if we didn't, we wouldn't get to get to meet. So, but we see in 18, we kind of see this shift again. We see the we see humanity strike again, so to speak. Uh, you know, the the flood was because of the evil in the world, and God basically saying like, we're gonna hit the reset button. Noah's righteous, so we'll do it through. Noah's line, but then you see even the sons of Noah, specifically one, 
uh, but kind of all are uh, put in this group. But you see specifically this one that is sinful against his father. I mean, they get off the boat and you see the sin that is still there. So um, we kind of see that this wiping of, of sin off the earth is, is a, again, is a kind of a foreshadowing to Jesus, to a perfect sacrifice. This is not, this isn't perfect. Uh, sin is still a problem, but yet there will be something that will solve will this problem. Ultimate blood that can cover. Right. Right. And so you see this and go ahead. What? I said there will be an ultimate blood that can cover the blood yeah. shed by humanity. Right. Yeah. So in verse 18, the sons of Noah who came out of the ark were Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Ham was the father of Canaan. These were the three sons of Noah. This is, uh, I'm in verses 18 through like 24 ish. These were the three sons of Noah. And from them came the people who scattered over the earth. Noah, a man of the soil, proceeded to plant a vineyard. When he drank some of its wine, he became drunk and lay uncovered inside his tent. Ham, the father of Canaan, saw his father's nakedness and told his two brothers outside. But Shem and Japheth took a garment, laid it across their shoulders. Then they walked in backward and covered their father's nakedness. Their faces were turned the other way so that they would not see their father's nakedness. Um, when Noah awoke from his wine and found out that his youngest son, what his youngest son had done to him, he said, cursed be Canaan, cursed be Canaan, the lowest of slaves will he be to his brother. He also said, blessed be the Lord, the God of Shem, may Canaan be the slave of Shem. May God extend the territory of Japheth. May Japheth live in the tents of Shem and may Canaan be his slave. After the flood, Noah lived 350 years. Altogether, Noah lived 950 years and then he died. He almost made it to what the oldest, the oldest, not what is Methuselah, 969 or something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, so you, you get to see the, the continuation of sin here. Um, so in here's a big thing and what Micah just read in verses 18 and 19 kind of and this also ties back with chapter 9 verse 1 so in chapter 9 going back to chapter 9 verse 1 it says God blessed Noah and his sons and they said be fruitful and multiply which Micah had mentioned earlier uh, but then he uses that phrase fill the earth so the command from God to Noah's family was okay you guys have been this chosen family that um, because Noah was blameless and he listened to me, guess what? I'm now going to fill the earth through you guys. And he gave them the command to uh, have sex with their wives and have babies and fill the earth. Uh, but then here's something important in verse 19. And the reason this is important, and I'm not going to get into this. I just want to mention it because this will lead us into chapter 11 with the Tower of Babel. Uh, but verse 19, it says, these three, um, Noah's sons, they were from the people uh, and from these, the people of the whole earth were dispersed. Uh, so everybody came uh, from them. You know, we're all part of the same family. Uh, we're all connected here. But but it's important for us to notice that uh, they, they were dispersed. Uh, but also looking at uh, chapter 9, verse 1, the command was to fill the earth. Uh, and just kind of remember this. And I, I'm not going to get into it, but this is going to lead us in chapter 11 uh, with the issue uh, with the Tower of Babel. But the command was to fill the earth. And then when we get to chapter 11, we'll kind of talk about how the people did not obey uh, that commandment. Well, I, I want to say, too, that that verse 7 and, and it connects here with the sons of Noah. It, every time you see this command, be fruitful and multiply, you, you saw it with... Um, with Adam and Eve as well, it comes following a, a description or an, an, uh, an emphasis that humanity was created in, in the image of God. Um, and, and I think a lot of times we take that phrase, be fruitful, 
and we take it to to be kind of like a a double emphasis on multiply but it, there there is there is cause to believe that that phrase be fruitful isn't necessarily talking about like what it takes to multiply but an emphasis on bear the fruit of god's image so bear goodness bear righteousness bear the things that qualify humanity as being of the image of god and then multiply that image and bring that image to fill the earth um and what humanity ended up doing was we started creating our own images we started creating gods and and, and building up these things and calling them gods when in reality we were supposed to be the ones that were being fruitful we we were supposed to be bearing the fruit of god multiplying that image of god throughout the world and filling the world with god's glory because we are his image and and we that's where everything become became corrupted because you can see all already with noah's sons they didn't necessarily bear that fruit um and it, it's so easy for for infection to set in you know as a metaphor and spread throughout the entire body and that that's what has happened again in history like it did before the flood is that right that unrighteousness and and wickedness set into humanity and that spread rather than the fruit of god's goodness that was supposed to be within his humanity um wasn't yeah. what ended up spreading yeah and, go ahead christian no i was okay so ahead. like you know once we get into verse 20 it it's not surprising for humans um but it does not take long uh, for sin uh, you, you think earlier it talked about Noah was blameless this did not mean he was perfect or was free from sin but he was someone who was pure and he followed the ways of God now when we get to verse 20 <laughs> I don't know if Noah just had a long time on the ark uh, but his first thing is like man he's planting a vineyard he's waiting for it to grow and then he's making wine and he's getting drunk uh, and it's it's kind of it shows it to be honest it's sad reading that but that's the condition of man you know we see that in the story of Adam and Eve that they had everything you know everything was perfect God was with them uh, of course Adam and Eve they they sin uh, they bring sin into the world because of their sin uh, and then we get to Noah and it seems like God's doing a cleansing of the earth but immediate it almost seems like immediately in verse twenty here's what we're seeing is that now Noah is falling into sin uh, where he he becomes drunk and then just is laying butt naked in a tent. Uh, but but we see this all throughout scripture uh, and even even in our own lives is you know the constant okay god shows his mercy and his grace for us and then we mess up uh, god shows his mercy and his grace and, and we mess up one this shows how merciful god is but it also shows how how messed up the, the human condition is there's a parallel here with noah too to adam and actually the hebrew like in the hebrew writing it's really evident because that phrase man of the soil um it's translated literally to adama so it's like adam ah um almost like saying adam-esque and 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 so the the author to have phrased it that way is being very specific noah is like adam and how did adam doom all of humanity to to uh sin and or to 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 separation from god he ate a fruit now what's noah doing he's over consuming on the fruit of a vine and getting drunk by it 
know, so there, there's a lot of correlation there between the two. And, and the emphasis here is, yeah, God reset everything, just like he created all things good and recreated all things with the righteousness of one man in mind. Humanity is still fallible and they're still corruptible and it, it seeps in just as quickly in the reset as it did in the beginning. Yeah. There's, a, there's a definite emphasis on there from the, the hebrew writer yeah and and you know as christian was kind of uh talking about and alluding to earlier that's that's kind of where verse nine goes and it's kind of setting that stage of the sinfulness that has you know gone past the ark and the wiping of, of the rest of humanity except for noah and his family um it's gone past that and now it is on the other side of that flood and you see immediately, like Garrett's saying, you see the immediate, you know, is this a word? Fallibility? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, sounds like a word. So you see the immediate fallibility of humanity, and you see that we are still, like Garrett said, corruptible. We are still sinful. And again, as we said earlier, this is a foreshadowing, a, you know, a look forward to there is there is a perfect sacrifice, you know, wiping the earth clean and starting over with, with man does not work because man is is sinful um, but you know in a sense starting over with the perfect sacrifice does hit in a sense that that reset button to give everyone a chance and we see in the new testament this this clear cut that that all who choose to believe are given the right to be sons and daughters of, of god not based on their birth but based on their decision uh, and based on their belief in, in in the father and so that leads us to chapter 10 uh, which is uh, the, the kind of the subtitle that mine has is the table of nations. And this is kind of the description of where, as Christian was saying in that verse uh, 19, that the, all from them came the people who were scattered over the earth. And here's where you kind of see the split. Uh, this is where you see the kind of the beginnings of this, the, the multiplication of the earth through Shem, Ham, and Japheth and the nations that they will turn into. Uh, and I don't know how much we want to just like read this word for word, but I do want to point out one name. And this is in verse eight. Jenny dissuaded me from naming our firstborn child Nimrod. I was really close. Uh, But it says Cush was the father of Nimrod, uh, who grew to be a mighty warrior on the earth. I actually have to say something about Nimrod before I I say something there um, that's interesting about him. Um, With what precedes the table of nations is this mention of Canaan. Um, where uh, Shem is the one that dishonored his father, you know, looking at his father's nakedness. And who is it that is the son, uh, or uh, not Shem, Ham was the one that dishonored his father. And who is the son of Ham was Canaan. And mm-hmm. so at the time when this would have been written down, because it would have been orally passed down until probably the, the monarchy period of Israel, um, so even Moses probably wouldn't have written this verbatim. He would have been the one that began passing it down in a more solidified fashion, but it would have been orally. It would have found its first really major writing stage during the monarchy period, during the kingdom periods of, of uh, Israel. And who was it that was Israel's main enemy at that time? Canaan. Oh, yeah, the Canaan. I that was rhetorical. Sorry. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I didn't raise my hand. But anyway, <laughs> the Canaanites. Yeah. So, to you know, as you're reading this as a Jewish person, you know, it's not Noah doesn't wake up and say, 
Ham, my son, is cursed. He says, Canaan is cursed. He'll be the lowest of slaves to his brothers. And so it's almost like this emphasis. Yeah. You know, these, the people that came from Ham are just as detestable as, as Ham was. They're just as um, unrighteous here. But as, as far as Nimrod goes, what I want to say there, it says, Cush fathered Nimrod, who began to be a powerful in the land. He was a, a powerful hunter in the sight of the Lord. That's why it's, it, it is said, like Nimrod, a powerful hunter in the sight of the Lord. His kingdom started with Babylon, and then he goes through all these kingdoms. That phrase, a powerful hunter, isn't generally used. It's used metaphorically not to say that he was a really good hunter of wild game, um, but he was a hunter of men. He established kingdoms. He brought people together. Um, and, and that's why after it says that he was a powerful hunter in the sight of the Lord, it says his kingdom started with Babylon, Erech, Akkad, and uh, Kalne in the land of Shinar. From that land, he went to Assyria and he built Nineveh, Rehabathir, Kalah, and Rasen. So it goes through all these different cities and kingdoms. So if, if, if powerful hunter meant that he was just really good at killing animals, it wouldn't have used all these cities to, to acknowledge, to emphasize that he was good at killing animals. That metaphor then is, is utilized to say, no, he was a builder of kingdoms. And that same metaphor is kind of applied with Cain as well. It said that Cain was the first, the builder of the first city. Um, and, and you kind of get that same thing with him as you do with Nimrod, that, that these are guys that, that built cities and, and were viewed as powerful city builders. Um, and that metaphor is, is a hunter in, in that sense within the Hebrew language. Yeah. And, and you see in the, the description, it goes through it. I mean, it literally goes through the, the Japhethites, the sons of Japheth, Gomer, Magog, you know, it goes through all those. And then the Hamites, and then it gets to uh, Canaan, you know, it gets to the, the sons of Ham, Cush, Mizraim, Put, and Canaan. And then it goes to Canaan and it shows that he's the father uh, of these nations. And we get to see these a lot throughout the Old Testament. Uh, and hear these names a lot. The Hittites, I call them all the ites. The Hittites, Jebusites, Amorites, Girgashites, Hivites, Archites, Sinites, Arvidites, Zemrites, and Hamathites. And and we see literally the curse of Noah that he puts on Ham and his offspring. We see that be a constant. They're constantly enemies of Israel, of, of the chosen people. And they're constantly having these either battles or, or issues with these nations. And so you, I mean, you literally, as you go through the Old Testament and they're, they're, uh, progress, especially into getting into the promised land, you get to see the curse actually take place. And you actually hear the stories of, of why the sons of Canaan, the, the nations of Canaan are a problem for the Israelites, which is exactly what Noah kind of, kind of promises with the curse that he gives Ham because of, of what he did and the, the, the dishonor he put on Noah and his family. It's interesting too. You, you get a reference to, um, there's so much that happens within genealogy um, and we just kind of brush over it because it's a bunch of names that we don't really are good at saying. Um, and so you've got this reference, like you said, to Canaan, you have a reference to Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a reference to, to, to Nimrod, this guy that, that built, that began the cities of Babylon and all these places that you know, evil would end up dwelling. But then you also have, it says, and Shem, Japheth's older brother, also had sons. Sons. Shem was the father of all the sons of Eber. Shem's sons were 
were Elam, Ashur, Ar Arpakshad, <laughs> Lod, and Aram. And Aram's sons, it says, the first one is Uz. And, you know, that's where Abraham came from. Abraham came from the land of Uz, which would literally have been the, the land where Aram's son, Uz, put his tent and, and his family dwelled. So, so you're, not only are you kind of getting the names of offspring, but you're also seeing how the peoples of earth spread out and how this um, nationality became a nation, how this nationality became a nation. You're, you're looking at origins. Every city is originated by a family that put, put its roots in a certain place. And then that family began to grow and expand. And it, it, it went bigger, with the exception of people like Nimrod, who didn't just place roots with his family, but he went and hunted out other people and brought them in. And so he established cities by saying, I'm bringing you in and you in and you in. And he hunted people to establish uh, urban areas. Um, but most of these people, these stable of nations, it would, they would establish their nation by simply their family. It was Nimrod is really the exception of the role there. And that's why he was viewed as a powerful hunter in the Lord's sight. And what Genesis 10, man, it's, it's painting the picture. It's setting the table for the entire, pretty much the entire Old yeah. Testament. I mean, especially like you see, and we mentioned this very quickly, but verse six, another son of Ham was also Egypt. Uh, and, you know, what, what do you see at the end of Genesis? Joseph goes to Egypt. And then what happens after that? The Israelites are for, or they are finally freed from Egyptian slavery. And so you see, this is, you know, this is stuff that normally, I'm going to be honest, I would look over uh, or read through very quickly in my Bible reading. Uh, but it's interesting if I actually sit down with a study Bible, and I encourage you if you're listening and you don't have a study Bible, man, it's one of the best uh, gifts I have ever gotten. My mama got Lifeway it has them on sale right now for 75 to 80% off for Christmas hey, too. So. That's or if you, if you, in the meantime, when you're waiting on that, uh, you can go to Enduring Word Bible Commentary. Uh, and you can, as you go, you know, on your iPad, iPhone, you know, tablet, you can, you can have like a little commentary there as you go. True day. <laughs> you know, I was going to work that in, right? I feel like at this point, I'm actually vying for a sponsorship from Enduring Word. <laughs> today's, today's Bible segment is brought to you by Enduring Word Bible Commentary. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But uh, guys, not a sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> just no, understand no. as you read, um, chapter 10, and if you have problems understanding the Old Testament and Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers, you know, go back to, to chapter 10, and it's kind of showing you uh, how, as Garrett talked about, the families are being dispersed, which also leads us, as we finish today, also leads us into chapter 11, uh, the Tower of Babel, as we mentioned. We will get into that next week. One, actually, to be honest, yeah, great chapter. One of my favorite, most memorable stories from Sunday school growing up. Mm. Uh, and i'm sure here's you... an interesting question what do you what do you think the tower looks like Ooh. well if you have a study bible <laughs> yeah, there you go yeah you it can't been that. Bigger off. <laughs> if you're listening it's actually uh they believe it was it's not as tall as what they made it look like in sunday school as yeah. far as like thinking like the leaning tower of pisa in its shape is what i always pictured uh but it, it has like a very wide base. 
Uh, and it's it's called a um, ziggurat. Is yeah. what it's believed. So it, that phrase there, where they built the tower to the heavens, is 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 like um, metaphor or imagery to say that they they tried they built a temple to themselves. And that's yeah. what ziggurats were building a temple to themselves, similar to the Egyptian pyramids. Yeah. Right. It's, yeah, a, it's, a, it's a lot like an unfinished pyramid, to be honest. Yeah. Hey, there's your preview for next week. So you have to come back and we'll talk more yeah. about ziggurats, I think. Um, but yeah, the kind of the last thing I want with with paying attention to those genealogies, I mean, we see in, in, in Matthew, we see a genealogy of Jesus. Yeah. Genealogies are important uh, because they, one, that can give you the line, which to us, sometimes, you know, like people are like, oh, I want to look up an my ancestry and like, oh, it's kind of a cool to them, it was so much more than just like, oh, that's cool. I come from whoever. Like it, it was part of their cultural, you know, their who they were. Their their heritage was very important to them, and it was important to to like as as Christian was alluding to, like with Egypt, as you go through the Old Testament. And I was kind of saying with like the Jebusites, the Hittites, when you see that name pop up, you you if you're paying attention in this chapter in chapter uh, uh, ten, you'll remember. Oh yeah, this this group of people that is blocking the Israelites is from the curse of Noah or of, of Ham that Noah put on Ham. And so then it becomes, it gives you a more full picture uh, of the redemptive plan of God. As you know, as we know in the new Testament, we kind of know the ending. It gives you a more full picture of who God is, at least a more full picture of what we can understand of who God is and what his redemptive plan was through Jesus. And it shows the whole timeline and you really get a, uh, a, a bird's eye view of, of the plan if you pay attention to those little details uh, and often if like christian said if we just burn through those we just like oh genealogy da, 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 and just kind of go through it later on we we get some crazy information that we don't get to connect all the dots because we burnt through the genealogy so yeah i'm like christian if you if you don't have the enduring word bible commentary you should get a study bible uh, and you should allow yourself time when you're reading to actually to actually try to retain and not just get through the the text that you're reading uh try to learn it in the cultural context because that in the historical context because that will teach you a lot about what's going on and what will happen in the following chapters and around it so yeah genesis 11 next week looking forward to kind of wrapping up our beginning of uh genesis our 1 through 11 series um and looking forward to kind of going on so uh yeah you guys got any final thoughts I'm gonna go home and uh, well, I'm already home, but I'm gonna next week Google ziggurats more and hopefully yeah. we'll have some invigorating yeah. facts about ziggurats. Just remember, there may be a spelling bee, so better get your spelling. You know, ziggurats—that's a tough word, man. Well, hey guys, uh, thanks for joining us on the Hub Podcast. If you haven't already, uh, really be thinking about when you're gonna put that Christmas tree up. Yeah, Garrett. Yeah, Micah. Hey, uh, I put it up when Jenny tells me to put it up. And she hasn't told me yet. I currently have our uh, other TV in there for sports uh, in the spot of where the TV should go. Mm -hmm. So she has already informed me that that will have to go. So that's tough. So, well, you know, you got to do what you got to do. You do. So, hey, make sure you, uh, if you wish, we can't make you, but leave us a review. Um, we enjoy uh, reading those and, and just seeing uh, what you would have us talk more about or what you would have Garrett talk about less. Boom, roasted. Um, we just, uh, are looking forward to next week and continue our conversation as we just kind of look at, look at scripture and, and, and talk about things that make us go, huh. And just the life of Noah and, and through the process of the 
flood account of Noah. There's a lot in there that if we just kind of burn through it and read quick, we would miss a lot of it, a lot of good stuff that makes us uh, helps us learn more about, about the Father. Uh, so I will close us in prayer, and then we will skedaddle. Let's pray. God, we love you, and we thank you. I praise you for this avenue, this, this uh, uh, opportunity to be able to gather together and, and just uh, to, to look at your word, look at the, the promises, the, the covenants that you have made with your people, and just uh, the, uh, the ways that we can, uh, can recognize those covenants, God, specifically the, the, the covenant of Noah, God, with the rainbow. We thank you that when we get to see a rainbow because of a storm and, and the weather changing back, that, that we get to be reminded of you and who you are and, and your promise to Noah and ultimately uh, to humanity. We thank you for, again, the opportunity to gather together. We just pray that you would uh, watch over us, uh, that you would uh, give us uh, opportunities to spread your word and to uh, build up uh, your kingdom. We love you. We thank you. Here we pray. Amen.